for this time of worship and celebration, this time of coming together within these sanctified walls to give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Father, we have worshiped you all during the weekend our, in our private times of worship and devotion. We've celebrated you in the cars and on our workplaces and in our homes, but it's something special when your people come within these walls to give you glory all on one accord, to thank you for another day, to thank you for how you have kept us, but more importantly, to thank you for saving us and, and so that we can live eternally with you. So God, for that, we just give you the glory and the praise. And as the song said, even if you don't do anything else for us, you have done enough. But God, we thank you that even though you have done enough, you still continue to do more for us. And we thank you, dear God. So now as we come to this time of your preach word, dear Lord, as I stand here behind this sacred test, dear Lord, oh God, I am your vessel. So Father, you use me as you see fit, dear Lord. I decrease in myself, God, and I just pray for a fresh anointing, a fresh increase from you. Let only come out of my mouth what you so desire. And I pray, dear Lord, that, that as I stand on the promises always, I know whatever you send forth, when your word goes forth, it will do whatever you have so designated it to do. No matter what time, day or night, it will do whatever you will say it will do. And for that, we give you the glory and we give you the honor. In the precious name of Jesus. All of the saints who are within these walls right now, let's put our hands together and just give God the praise and the glory and the honor. I think we can do it just a little bit better than that. If God has done anything for you, we can just to do a little bit better than that. Yes, he is an awesome God and, and a mighty God. As you remain standing, and we're going to continue in the book of Nehemiah, and I'm going to ask if you would now go to chapter 7, and we're just going to look at the first three verses. We're in Nehemiah chapter 7, verses 1 through 3. 1 through 3. And Nehemiah writes, after the wall had been built, and I had set the doors in place, the gatekeepers, the musicians, and the Levites were appointed. I put in charge of Jerusalem my brother Hanani, along with Hananiah, the commander of the citadel, because he was a man of integrity and feared God more than most people do. And I said to them, the gates of Jerusalem are not to be opened until the sun is high, while the gatekeepers are still on duty. Have them shut the door and bar them. Also appoint residents of Jerusalem as guards, some at their posts, and some near their own homes. And so this morning, we just want to talk about watchers and gatekeepers, the watchmen and the gatekeepers who are standing on the wall. You may be seated. So as we have read and gone in the last few weeks, we have now come to the part here in chapter 7 where the wall is now completed. And I can just imagine that Nehemiah, along with all of the other residents who worked on the wall, probably just stood there with a sigh of relief. 
because as they looked back and saw what had been accomplished. And, I, and they did that in spite of all of the oppositions and distractions that came their way while they were in the process of building the wall. When you have found success, when God has opened doors for you and empowered you to overcome obstacles and challenges, when God has, has, has turned your faith into sight, there still remains an essential component that continues, and that is protecting what God has allowed you to accomplish. You see, the time of success is not the time to sit back and relax. Instead, it's the time to become even the more diligent because it's a critical time to put yourself on guard because it's at the time of success is when the enemy often hits. He comes right after the victory. So Nehemiah, Nehemiah was a very practical guy, and he was very much aware of the fact that the enemy just doesn't go away and stay away. But here's the thing that we know about Nehemiah. Nehemiah not only trusted God to keep the city safe, but he was also very practical in posting watchmen and gatekeepers up on the wall and around the city. You see, setting the watchers on the wall and putting gatekeepers at the gate was not in opposition of faith, but rather it was going in harmony with faith. Over in 1 Peter 5 and 8, Peter said, be, of so, be sober of a sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So just because he had someone in place, it didn't mean that he didn't trust God. He was operating on a practical level. You see, here, even here at this church, we do trust God. We trust God and we believe in his protection and his covering, but we also have a security team. Okay? We also have a security team and they stand guard over us and around this building. We have ushers at the door and they not only are responsible for helping you to get to the seat, but they're also watching over the congregation and they're covering us and protecting us. Because you cannot assume that everyone who enters into these walls are coming here for the same thing that you're coming for. Time has taught us that. Everyone who's coming in is not coming in to worship. Time has taught us that. And scripture also tells us to be aware of, 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 of wolves who appear up in sheep's clothing. So we have to be careful. So on this morning, we want to talk about watchers and gatekeepers. Watchers and gatekeepers. Nehemiah's wall was built around the city, as we know. And the wall was a protective barrier with the design to protect the city's inhabitants by keeping invaders out. In the same manner, we have to watch over and prepare and to defend our own homes. We have to watch over and defend our children and our families and our communities and our church from spiritual danger. It was necessary to protect the wall while it was being built but it was just as important, if not more so, to keep watch over it after it had been completed. You still have to watch over what you have completed. You still have to watch over what God has allowed us to be successful in. You're saved, but you got to guard your integrity. You're gifted, 
but you got to guard your anointing. You said, I do. You have to guard your marriage. The Lord allowed you to build the house, but you got to guard who enters it and what happens with inside of it. And so you may have avoided the distractions, but the enemy doesn't ever leave forever. We may have avoided distractions along the way, but the enemy doesn't ever leave forever. Just because his prior attempts to knock you out of the game weren't successful, don't think that he's not going to come back and try it again. The wall was built and it was successful, but Tobiah still sent threatening, threatening letters to Nehemiah. Satan left Jesus for a little while. He left him, and the scripture tells us it was only for a season. In other words, the adversary is patient. He is very patient, and he will wait patiently for another opportunity to come in and knock you out of the game. So what is it that we are to do? We are like the city, and you and I need a, a wall to protect our mind and our body and our spirit. The spiritual wall that, that we need is found over in Ephesians 6, 10, and 18. And that wall is called the whole armor of God. The whole armor of God. It is that wall that enables you and I to stand against all of the strategies and all of the tricks that the enemy would throw our way. It tells us to put on the belt of truth. To put on truth means that you never have to worry about being caught in a lie. Righteousness guards our integrity and our character. The shield of faith will extinguish the fiery arrows of fear and doubt when they come in our direction. The helmet of salvation protects our minds from discouragement and unbelief. And the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God operating through the Holy Spirit. The armor of God is our spiritual wall. And the scripture says that we have to put on the armor of God, meaning it is an intentional act. It is something that is done on purpose. It means that I know exactly what I'm doing. It means I am fully aware that I have have to have a covering in order to protect myself from what's happening out here in the world. It protects us from spiritual invaders and it protects us from circumstances and anything that the enemy may use to attack us. The enemy uses people's pride. He uses people's anger. He uses narcissism. He uses people's insecurities and fears to discourage and to distract and to dissuade you and I. And as this passage teaches us, our real fight is not with flesh and blood. Rather, it's the flesh. The flesh is through which the powers and the, and the principalities operate. Your real enemy is not the person in front of you, but it's the spirit that's influencing that person. We have to look behind the person and, and recognize and discern the spirit that is operating within that person. That is the point that we have to look at. It's not the person per se. The enemy takes advantage of the person's insecurities and the failures. The enemy takes advantage of that, but you got to look behind the name. Look behind the name and look at the spirit that is influencing that individual. 
So Nehemiah has his wall and he has on and he has placed people up on the watchers up on, on top of the wall. And he now has gatekeepers at the gate. There are 10 gates in Nehemiah's wall. And every wall has an entry point, which is the gate. This is the gate. Gates are the access points. It's through which one passes from one place and to another. Whoever controls the gates governs who or what enters in or comes out. Whoever is watching the gate governs what goes in and what comes out. As we shared, Nehemiah had ten gates. I just want to talk briefly about the three gates that have access to you and I into our lives. That is the eye gate, the ear gate, and the mouth gate. The eye gate, the ear gate, and the mouth gate. What we see with our eyes and what we hear with our ears goes into our spirit and into our hearts and is eventually going to come out of the mouth. It's going to eventually come out of the mouth. Maya Angelou was talking to Oprah and she made the statement. She said, when someone tells you who they are the first time, believe them. You don't have to keep wondering who a per what a person is like or what they're all about because eventually you're going to find out what they're really about because it's going to come out. And so the scripture tells us over in the, in fact, Jesus said over in Luke 6 and 45, he says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In other words, once the heart gets full, it's going to come up out of the mouth. And sometimes it comes up out of the mouth and it sounds nice and fur, fur, um, flowery and it sounds like it's coming with uh, 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 nice and, and, and convenient and it sounds like it's, it is, it's giving you some praises and glory. But watch behind what's really coming out of the mouth because if you look at the eyes, the eyes is the, is the window into the soul. Look into the person's eyes. They might tell you they got their back, but look at the eyes. My grandmama used to say, mouth and teeth might say anything. But it will come out eventually. It will come out. So whatever has access to your eyes, whatever has access to your ears, will infiltrate your heart and will eventually come out in words. So now how do we keep watch over that? That's where the watchers and the gatekeepers come into play. See, Nehemiah understood Something and, and, and Nehemiah, as I had said before uh, when I started this series, was that one thing that I really, really liked about Nehemiah was that he was not only a, a praying leader, uh, a leader who, were, who, who just had the ability to discern, but he was strategic. Nehemiah was very strategic, and he strategically positioned watchmen on the walls and gatekeepers at each of the gates to guard and protect the citizen. And the scripture even says to us, he not only put them at the gate, but he also made sure that guards were at their homes. They were guarding the home. And so he understood that there had to be uh, guards in these strategic locations, and it also was clear that he put qualified watchmen, qualified 
gatekeepers. Qualified. Qual qualified people who understood the position that they were called to do, who understood the seriousness of, of their assignment, who understood that the protection of the inhabitants rests on their shoulders because they had to be qualified. You see, the job of the watchman was to stand up on top of the wall. So they stood up on the top of the wall, and their job was to, how they guarded the city, was that they, their responsibility was to look for any external and internal threats that could harm the people within the walls. And, and so, so if, if he was not keeping watch properly and watching what was going on outside, something could happen on the inside. But one thing about the watcher, not only was he paying attention to what was happening outside of the city, but he also could see what was going on inside of the city. Uh, he, 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 he would be familiar with the people. He would be familiar with how the people worked and their habits and their lifestyle. And so he would be familiar and could recognize if anyone was acting out of order, even though they were on the inside of the gate. But at the same time, he also could see and look out into the distance and he was on the lookout for any potential danger. He may not know whether or not it was danger for sure. What he was looking for is that anything potentially could come in and create harm. Is there anything potentially that could come in and disrupt? And that's what he was looking for. Isaiah 62 and 6 says, I have set a watchman upon the walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. We have the watchman out and looking and being on guard. That were the watchmen in Nehemiah's. But in the same manner, we have to have watchmen and gatekeepers today. To some degree, and I say some degree because there are so many different levels of anointing, all of us are called to be spiritual watchers and gatekeepers. Some of us have more of anointing than others. and They can see further out into the future. But all of us have a measure of faith and a measure of anointing to be a, a, a watcher and to be a gatekeeper because we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit who is the watcher and the gatekeeper of our hearts to be the watchman upon the walls of our family. We have to have watchers upon the walls of our church and we have to have watchers upon the walls of our community. Again, a good watcher is going to look out into the distance and is going to look to see for any distractions, to see anything that might be coming our way. And his job is to alert the people in the city. There is something happening out here in the world that can impact what's going on in our family, in our church, and in our community. They have to be the watchers. And the thing of it is, is that too many times the walls of our family and the walls of the church and of our communities have been open to attack because either the watcher left his or her post or never took up the position in the first place. 
They either left the post or never took up the position in the first place. Paul spoke to this over in 2 Corinthians 2 and 11. And he wrote, he says, that we are not unaware of the schemes of the enemy unless praying watchmen are on duty. Here's the issue. We too can find ourselves painfully unaware of the attempts of the enemy to disrupt and destroy if we are not on guard and watching what God has given us to watch over. On the opposite end, for watchers, they're not only looking for things that can infiltrate and harm the city, but on the opposite end, the watchman also keeps their eyes open and keep, on, and keep their eyes open to discern the move of God. Because we can also miss the move of God is we're not looking for the move of God. We can miss out on what God is doing if we're not paying attention to the times and seasons and to what's happening and to the move of the Spirit. The watcher should be asking questions like, Lord, what are you doing in our church? Lord, what are you doing in our city? Lord, what's happening in our families on this day, in this season? The question we should be asking is there, is there something you're calling your people to do in cooperation with what you are doing? How much more effective would the church be, would our families be, if instead of starting our own projects for God, that we come to where God is working. The watchmen and the gatekeepers work in tandem. The watcher on the wall will signal the gatekeeper who's down on the ground. The gatekeeper on the ground is the one who opens and closes the gate. Gatekeepers, again, control who enters and who exits the city. And they are very critical to defending the city because their job is to keep out anything that doesn't belong there. So the question I just asked us this morning is who are the watchers and the gatekeepers in your family? Who are the watchers and the gatekeepers in our community? Who, who, who is the one sounding the alarm? Who is the one who's on the lookout for the enemy approaching and who is the one discerning that direction into which we are supposed to be going? That's in the family. But let me just talk to the church real quick. This church. You see, in this church, the watchers and the gatekeepers is our leadership. It's, it's, it's our pastors and it's our ministers and it's our Isaiah ministry and it's our intercessors. We are the watchers and the gatekeepers who are responsible for standing on the wall and standing at the gate and being mindful of what enters. And I'm not just talking about physically, but I'm talking about being mindful and discerning spirits that come in and out of this church. And here is the thing, to accept God's call, to accept God's call, to stand here and take a vow before the Lord that you have a call on your life means that you have accepted the responsibility to stand on the wall to secure and to secure the gates. 
And here is the thing about it. It is a continuous commitment. It is not one that is done sporadically, and it's not one that is done based on how I feel in the moment. But it's one that continues no matter who, because the thing of it is, one person can't do the job of being both the watcher on the wall and the gatekeeper down at the gate, but it requires teamwork and people working in harmony where we can depend on each other and understand that there we have our own personal spiritual relationship with God so that we can understand the signs of the time and discern spirits that come around us because we can't do both. We got to have a team. It's teamwork. The intercessors got to be praying about it. They're the ones who are covering. All of us are praying, but, but they have the anointing, the grace as the intercessor. They're interceding for the unseen that's coming. But as leadership, our job is not to see something happening and don't say anything. Our job is let's address this right now. Let's nip this thing in the bud because we don't want anything to spread through the congregation to infect it. Because I'm telling you, when leadership steps back, and do not address issues, and, the, and it spreads through the congregation, guess who God is going to hold responsible? He's not going to hold the congregation responsible. He's going to hold me responsible. He's going to hold everyone who stood and took a vow and said, I'm going to watch over your people. He's going to hold us responsible. The blood be required to our hands. This is not a game of my name is Benny and I'm not in it. It's not that kind of game. It's not that kind of party. It's not that kind of party that once I get my certificate that I want to preach and that's all I'm going to do. No, that's not the party. What are you doing to watch over the congregation? I have to watch. Watch. My job is to be a healer. Our job is to be restorers. Our job is also to discipline. Oh. We can't condone everything. The church cannot be accepting of everything that is happening in the world because as I said before, I think it was on last week, that sometimes the church compromises itself. The church sometimes will compromise the truth of God just so that they can be accepted by the world. But that's not the way God wanted us to be. Our job is not to, to conform to the world. Our job is to stand as a light in a dark world and we are supposed to be the one who set the standard. We don't come down to man's standard just because we want somebody to like us or just because we want the pews to be filled. Can't do that. You can't do that. You can't back down because you're afraid that the tithes won't come in because you're not saying something that tickles the ears and pleases people's heart. We can't do that. Can't do it. So when you're coming into the compromise... And so it means that as leadership, we have to be in constant prayer, 
constantly praying, praying for the congregation, but also praying for ourselves and asking God to help us. Show me, Father, what's in me that needs to be getting rid of. Show me the dark areas of my life. Show me what needs to be swept out and cleaned away so that your gifting can flow through me and your anointing will not be tarnished, but that I can operate in the manner that you have called me to operate and that I'm not perpetuating a fraud trying to be something that I'm not. Because being a watcher and a keeper is serious business. And we don't take it lightly. And here is the thing about Nehemiah. You don't get up on the wall unless you're going to do the work. If you're not going to do the work, don't get on the wall. Don't get on the wall. Don't get up there. It is better to sit where you are than to climb up on the wall and say I'm going to do it and the enemy comes in and destroys us. Don't get up there. Don't stand here and take a vow. Don't do it. It's better to sit still. Because the responsibility we have is too great and too great. And because the Lord will tell us, he said, woe to the shepherd who scatters my sheep. We have a responsibility. And if we ever lose it, if we ever lose it, my advice is that we need to be quickly to repent and come back to the Lord and to just fall on our face and tell God we are sorry for not covering and protecting us. And so it's not just my responsibility to watch over this church. Yeah, I'm the key man. Make no mistake about it. Because when it comes down to the responsibility, who the Lord going to look to? He's going to look to me. But now that you done heard this message... Now that you've heard it. Right. We're all accountable. So some of you might be glad you came today, and some of you might be sorry you walked into the door. Too bad. You in here, you heard it, you're responsible. You're responsible. 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 We cannot. We cannot be people of the gospel and see shady stuff going on and don't say anything. We cannot hold this in our hands. Talk about how good God is and how great and awesome he is, but yet we're doing dirt behind the back. We cannot. We cannot. We have to be people of discipline and not disciplining, uh, uh, showing discipline in a manner that, uh, that you're trying to beat someone down. No. Mm-mm. This is not a thing that will be put down. You don't go and put down somebody because they're messed up. No. You don't condone it, but you correct it, but you correct it out of love. And if you're the one standing on the side that need correction, accept it, because that's how God does. God disciplines and he corrects those he loves. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about kids. Children, children want discipline. 
Children, children need that, that, they need boundaries. And when you let them just go, they'd be off the hook. And most of the time they're off the hook because no boundaries were set. Nobody's disciplined. Nobody's saying, Johnny, don't do that. Or they leave Johnny out alone and Johnny got to figure out how he and she going to get home. No, it's the same thing in the church. God disciplines those of us he loves. Goodness knows, he didn't discipline me. Sometimes I'm going like, you know what, you can ease up by right now. You know what I mean? I think I got the message. I mean, anybody been there besides myself? Anybody been disciplined by the Lord? Don't you just, sometimes you just going to let, you go like, you know what, for, okay, I got it. I am not going to do that again. You don't have to worry about me again. I got it. And aren't you, aren't you just grateful for the times when he checked you and he at least did it, he at least did it in private. get you straight. Could you step out here and do this again? I appreciate those moments. Okay? Let's, let's see if we can keep this quiet, you know? But then there are times when, you know, you might come on out in the public and you just got to go ahead and suck it up and bear the, just go ahead and bear the burden because it's going to be all right. But we are gatekeepers. We're watchers, Isaiah. Intercessors. Yeah, security, they out there, they're doing the physical. Ushers, they're doing the physical too, but ushers, they're also spiritual. Because they got to watch too, because there are kinds of folks be coming in, because everybody coming in, coming to the seat, they ain't necessarily all that friendly. Can I get a man, man, ushers? Leaving chicken bones in the pews and all that kind of stuff. Y'all think I'm joking. Chicken bones were actually found in the pews. Who in here eating chicken? I mean, seriously? I mean, seriously. They got to watch all of that. They got to deal with attitudes. And folks come through the door because, see, when we're coming in the sanctuary, when people come to the sanctuary, and that's why it's important that we are on one accord and that's under, that we're in a good place, is because people do come in with issues. And they, they come in, and some people may have just come in from a battle. We don't know what people have endured before they walk through those doors. And they might cop an attitude with us, but that doesn't mean we jump back at them. Sometimes you got to look beyond the faults. And see the need. Look, look beyond. Look beyond the person. That's what that's what Jesus did when he met the woman at the well. When he met the woman at the well, he knew that she was a side chick. He knew that. He knew she had been with five men. He understood that. He didn't look at what she had done. He looked at what she could become. She could become. And so that's our responsibility. I saved this message for first Sunday because I know I have y'all in front of me. <laughs> I love you, though. <laughs> Thank you. So we have walls. We have spiritual walls. We have physical walls. Even when the physical wall of this church was built and finished, the enemy still came in. And so he did something to distract us that could have lost, could have cost us to just shut this wall, this church right down. 
And that's why we're saying when something successful has happened, you have to be even the more careful. Don't sit back on your laurels because success has come your way. That's when you become even the more alert and diligent. Because understand this, that because as leaders in this church, because you answer the call, the enemy has a target on your back anyway. Because you were bold enough to say yes. And so whatever you do and that do for God, he's going to be on the lookout and he's going to look for any weakness in any and all of us. And so that's why we have to surround each other because we will fall. Understand that. Don't, make it, don't think any one of us in here will not fall, have not fallen. We're we going to fall again. But that's where we as a team get back up and we help each other back up on our feet and keep going. Get it together. Get it all cleaned up and then you say, okay, now you done got yourself straight. Now get back up on the wall. Get back up on your post and do what God has called you to do. Get back at that gate. You need to cover the gate because we have an assignment that we need to do. So I close with this thing. That we have wiles and watchmen and gatekeepers. And all of it can be accomplished and watched over and protected with the strength of the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit gives us the strength. It's the Holy Spirit that, that helps us, that, that gives us that strength and, and he, he protects us. And it's the Holy Spirit that, that, that sharpens our vision and, and sharpens our, our hearing so that we can hear. It's, a, it's the Holy Spirit that, that works in us and moves within us so that we can do what God has, has called us to do. He has equipped you and I to be watchers and gatekeepers. And I, lo- I leave with this passage. It's one of my favorite too. It said, let us be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing, knowing that in the Lord, in the Lord, your labor, what you're doing, is not in vain. If you can receive that, I'm going to give the Lord a prayer. As our decision counselors are coming forward. This isn't to the entire congregation, but again, um, this is to our leadership and our pastors and to Isaiah and to all of the watchers. Uh, We just want to pray right now for God's strength and for God's direction and for his covering, thanking him for what he's already done. And for those of us who feel like our strength may be getting weak, we're going to pray for some strength. Amen? Amen. Amen. But before we do that, we just want to see, we just want to check within the sanctuary. Uh, you can check around, you talk to your neighbor, ask them, hey, are you okay, you good? Uh, you, do you need to have, uh, do you have a relationship with God? Ask them if you got a relationship with God. And if, and if they don't have a relationship, ask them, do you want one? And if they want one, ask them, would you like me to walk you down this aisle? Let's give the Lord a hand praise for this sister right here. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise. She might need she might need some help with the little ones. 
She might need some help with the little ones. Yeah, thank you. Shayla, are you going out? Yeah, she might need some help with the little ones. Thank you. Amen. Is there another? Amen. 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 Is there another? Who's watching your family? Who's watching your family? Who's the head of your household? We know God should be the head of your household, but who is watching over your family, keeping, keeping the enemy out and keeping those within, your, your husband, your wife, your kids, safe and sound? Who is the gatekeeper and the watcher? If you were here, you need some extra prayer to watch over, come on, the decision council will be more than happy to pray with you, to strengthen you, of anyone who is here. Amen. Thank you for these ladies who are coming. Thank you for these ladies. Thank you. Let's spend some time with you. Amen. You need someone. This gentleman here. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand praise for the covering of our families. Covering of our families. Amen. Covering of our families. Who in here who feel they have a call for the covering of their communities? You know, you know you got to watch over what's happening in the community. We just want to make sure we're praying with you. And just don't take it lightly. If you in that neighborhood, give the Lord a hand. Praise for Sister Tony. You're covering our community. You know God has that on you. Thank you for Dominique. You know God has given you that. That's another level of, of anointing that he has on your life. Come on to be with this sister right here. Amen. Amen. You know God has given you that. Amen. Let's pray with them. Pray with their strength. Come on, let's put your hands together. Amen. Thank you for the covering. And is there anyone here that you know your personal wall has fallen? And that you need to get back up and put down the whole armor of God because the enemy has a way of had gotten in, got you off track. If you are here, we invite you to come down as well. And that you just want to secure the wall, secure the wall, secure the wall. Put on the whole armor intentionally. Somebody be with this sister right here. Amen. Amen. Someone's coming. No one's coming. We need another lady. One of my ministers with this lady. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Is there another? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, dear Lord, and we just bless you, dear Lord. You are so awesome. You are just magnificent. And God, we can't even find enough adjectives to describe you, but you are wonderful. Somebody say you're the Rose of Sharon. Somebody else called you the Alpha and the Omega. Oh, God, but we just know who you are in our lives. For some of us, you have been a healer. You are a provider. You've been a redeemer. You have restored us, dear Lord. And we give you thanks and we give you glory. We thank you, God, for the mercy that you have covered and washed over us and made us new again. And now, dear Father, as I stand here to stand with our leadership, and dear Father, as we stand, we just want to renew ourselves to you right now in the name of Jesus. And that the responsibility that you have given to us to watch over this, your flock, because 
because the sheep belong to you. Uh, we are just the under-shepherd and you have, just, you have given us the responsibility to work with you, to watch over, and you hold us accountable to what happens to your people. So God, we just pray in the name of Jesus that, that you will uh, help us to, to be even more accountable, that we will move closer into you, dear Lord, so that uh, the way you move, we move, dear God, that uh, when, you move, when you move to one side, we move to that side. You move to the right, we move to the right. You to the left, wherever you go, that we are there. Help us, dear Father, to spot out the enemy who may be coming at a distance, especially the one who is clothed in sheep clothing, who looks like a good thing, but is going to be coming into this sanctuary, coming into your people to create harm. Help us to be discerners, dear Lord, so that we can see, Father, that we can see afar before it gets upon us. And dear God, we just pray for all of the gatekeepers who stand there at the gate, who stand at the door, who know when to lock it, dear Father, who knows what to let come in and what to let out. And so God, we just thank you, God, as we watch over your people, dear God, and to protect them. So God, thank you for, for the grace. Thank you, God, for calling us. And God, even though some of us ran for a long time, but we did stop. We stopped and we surrendered. And we surrendered to you because we just want to be of service to you. We stopped because we felt we were so inadequate. But God, it's because of our inadequacy and then our weakness is that you are strong. And because when we acknowledge our weakness is when we acknowledge you and know that we have to depend on you for our strength. So now, Lord, I thank you for all of the leadership that you have brought here to First Christian, dear Lord. Thank you, dear God, for empowering them. And I pray you give each and every one a fresh anointing, a renewing of their spirit. And dear God, as we go forth for the work that you have called us to do, we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated.